0: What is up, my clan? Welcome back to Riffing with Clintus, the podcast about all things I feel like talking about. This is episode 53, and it's a long one. We got my good friend, Kay Dworkin, on the show. We're gonna be talking about the last, I don't know, seven or eight years. We've known each other. Uh, We've been through a lot together. Uh, We've been through things both on the personal side as well as the business side. Uh, We've worked with each other for many, many years, and we continue to work with each other with this brand new uh, business that he just launched called Make Echoes. You can check it out at makeechoes.com. It's specific for Twitch, uh, Twitch broadcasters. It's a fantastic uh, tool. I absolutely love it. He beta tested it uh, in my stream for many months before actually launching it. We'll hear about the origin story. We're gonna hear about his travels, his vlogging, his YouTubing. We're gonna hear about a lot of things. Uh, but first, a quick plug. Uh, if you're listening to this, as of the recording of this on uh, August 30th, 2020, Uh, You can still have, you still have a chance to get my limited edition Gamer Advantage glasses over at GamerAdvantage.com slash Clintus. Do a little plug here. Uh, They're super limited edition. When they're gone, they're gone. So I want as many people to hear about these as you can. Uh, Again, GamerAdvantage.com slash Clintus. Read up all about what blue light blocking glasses does for you. It helped me get better night's sleep. It has helped people with their eye fatigue and eye strain. It's helped them with migraines and headaches. Basically, we stare at screens all day long, whether it's our phones, our tablets, our laptops, our computers, our TVs, and all that light that comes from these screens are affecting our brains in different ways, in different how. So check them out, Gamervantage.com, super limited edition. Get them while you can. And without further ado, let's go talk to Cade. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome my good friend, my longtime friend, Cade working what's up my dad, my dude
1: hey man <laughs> well you know we all stumble around our words we've been laughing a little bit before we're hitting the we've record been talking. Button. okay okay <laughs> we we got on this call at
0: 12 30 and it is now one o'clock we've been talking for a half an hour and i'm like let me just hit record so we can start recording this because this is the podcast this is literally the podcast like it's just one of those fun things with the
1: two of us like where we have these phone calls that we're like yeah we're just gonna talk about this one thing and then like two and a half hours later we're like all right i need to go eat something before i go to bed <laughs> <laughs> so it's a it's just a function of like you know we've been friends for a very very long time like i think i did the math not too long ago i think it's been 13 years since the first time we met in person right 13 or 14 years um so i believe it was two, uh, march of 2007
0: wow yeah i was i was trying to think of that myself because it's like i was trying to think it was like okay we we met it was the time where like the twitter um Joe's pizza
1: during south by southwest we were the all az tech nerds who didn't get to go to south by all got together and that's where chuck had his g1 his first google phone the first android <laughs> light phone uh, and so yeah that's where i met like uh heather her uh, miss her on twitter um and yeah like a bunch of you guys that's where i met Bo, i think for the first yeah, time in yeah. person as well so See, like, I forgot crazy... that we met
0: in Austin before we met in Arizona.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, So
1: like it's one of those crazy things where like if I if that list of people who had all signed that piece of paper didn't exist somewhere in the Twitterverse, um, that I wouldn't have remembered that that was the first time that I met a lot of those people, and I, I, apparently it still exists somewhere. I can't find it. So it's kind of one of these things where it's like in the ether, which is interesting and fun. But yeah, it's crazy that we've known each other for that long. And I think that the moment that we really kind of got onto the same wavelength regarding content and regarding all of that kind of life was Podcast AZ that following November, where you spoke about like YouTube's gonna be a thing. And this is like 2007, 2008. And uh, that was when Matt Mullenweg was there and Gary Vaynerchuk was at that event as well. And so it was just like a lot of fun to uh, sit there and or no, that was AZC. That was the Entrepreneurial Conference two months later. But uh, same time. time. Yeah, exactly. Right. Events right after one another in October and November. So, yeah, it's kind of one of those crazy situations where you've been talking about this online content thing for a very long time potentially older than some of the people currently enjoying your
0: content <laughs> I, I say that all the time i've been doing youtube longer than you've been alive kid yeah well and that's the thing too is like back then you were like in the GoDaddy scene and yeah. and you did a lot of um you did a lot of stuff that was outside of the content creation bubble but you were always like had your your fingers and your toes in that that sphere as it was bubbling up as you as you're talking yeah. about
1: yeah, I mean, so, you know, being a part of the GoDaddy early, early days, right? You know, lifetime employee number 331 of the company. So I was there when there were less than 100 people actively employed by GoDaddy. It was a half of one of the four buildings they now own in Scottsdale. Um, and I was there for the first Super Bowl ad. I was there through the initial kind of, you know, try and go public. Um, I gave them an idea that myself and a couple of the engineers executed on that resulted in some internet traffic routing patents. Um, And so it's been a crazy ride to sit there and like see like both like what was happening with GoDaddy as an entity, but also acknowledging like GoDaddy was making these investments into video podcasts back in the day with revision three and with a couple other of the MCNs that are what would now be labeled as MCNs. And so, uh, the multi-channel networks there for people who don't know, I don't want to exclude folks on this, but, uh, yeah. So like seeing that from their side of like investment in marketing and seeing the result of that made me aware of a lot of things, which then resulted in 2008, and 2009, while getting my master's degree, writing my master's thesis on revision three and YouTube. So I got even deeper into the back ends of what it was taking to do internet television production, air quotes all around that, to sit there and you know take the TV models that were from G4 and Tech TV, and then obviously Ziff Davis, and then the folks that uh, were coming over from all of that to create Revision 3, the Kevin Roses, the David Praggers, um, all of those guys, uh, Alex Albrecht as well. And so I got close with them, and so I got really deep into the nitty-gritty of how to make that as a business work, not the actual content production, because uh, I don't have a face for camera to begin with. But then again, I put myself up on the internet for almost 1200 consecutive days in a row. So, you know.
0: <laughs> right. So, okay. So that's the, that's a great segue. So like, so you were in that, like I said, you were kind of like in that world, but not in it. Where was the transition yeah. for you to start vlogging? Cause you, you and I kind of daily vlogged for almost the exact same time uh yep. start and stop within months of each other.
1: Yeah, so honestly, um it was you. You were the one who were pushing me to be like, dude, like go and create this content. Like you are doing interesting things. You are doing stuff that is interesting and different than most people and then you laid out for me the documentation of like why that is important for just being able to look back on like cool stuff you've done. Um and I was at a point where I had tried to produce, like, reproduce one of my favorite television shows, which is a Canadian television show that's never aired in the States called Departures. Um, it was on Netflix for a very long time. I believe it's now on Amazon Prime. But basically, these two guys, you know, quit their jobs and go travel around the world for a year, and they travel through like I think it's like ten countries that first season. And so I wanted to create something like that. And this is years before Nomadic Matt or Hey Nadine or all these other travel or Fun for Louis was traveling. He was just a guy who was eating weird crap on YouTube. Um, and so like I sat there and I tried to create a one-man production called A Ticket Anywhere. And so I went down to Costa Rica and I shot for 14 days down there, produced 16 kind of short episodes. And I said to myself, okay, cool. Like I'm going to, I want to try this and see like if I can do it. And so I took my Canon T3i or 3Ti out and a couple of lenses and flew down there and traveled around, had some great experiences. And then further on that summer, I then went out to Hawaii and a couple other adventures, road trips um, around the four corners and shot it all, and ended up loving the process of recording and editing it. But I said when I started to release those sixteen episodes from Costa Rica that if I didn't get a thousand views in total, that it wasn't worth my time investment. And once you know that sixteenth episode went up, and two weeks passed, and I was at seven hundred and thirty total views, despite all of my social connections and the core Twitter folks, because I you know had been on Twitter at that point for seven years, like I had had like 2000 followers. And the rule for me in the earliest days of Twitter was that I would not follow you unless I had met you in person, which was a very weird thing to do in Twitter. But it forced me to be more social, which was the reason behind it. But two, it forced me to go to more conferences and meet other people. And so I really knew these 2000 people, like I had met them at some point. Um, And so, yeah, so that's kind of where that started. And I stopped because it didn't do it. About two years later was when you were really harping on me to start to create content again. I looked at my schedule and said, okay, like I've got a road trip to Colorado. I've got a road trip to California. I've got a road trip. Uh, I had something else going on. And I was like, it's all happening within 45 days. So I'm going to give myself an in 45 days was a website that I ran about personal challenges and things like that for a little while, way back when it was my Tumblr experiment. Um, And so I sat there and I said, I'm going to shoot a daily vlog for 45 days, pushing it up the next day, following the vlog format. And I got through all 45 days. I was in Colorado at my aunt and my uncle's house. And I was like, I'm just going to keep going. And just kept going and kept going. And yeah, like 1190 days later, I finally hung it up literally about four cents short of my payout my first check from YouTube, but we'll leave that aside for another day. Uh, but yeah, so that's kind of where that's the, that, 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 that content and finally putting myself out in front of camera became kind of its own thing. And it was, it, it just, it became, it's, it really did became its own thing.
0: Yeah. So when you when you started that though, like you said, you just had a couple of trips here and there. You're going to Colorado, you're going to California, whatever. But that kind of sparked your like nomadic. Like talk about that because there were there were a couple of times we 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 talked. We did, we weren't like talking all on a regular basis like we do now, but yeah. we would talk off and on. And I remember we it was literally the, my first camping trip with my trailer. You were driving from somewhere to somewhere, and you're like. I'm driving by and you were like I'm like what what are the odds of that and you literally came by and stopped at our campgrounds for an hour or two and I you popped your trunk you showed me all your shit and I was like holy (laughs) shit like this is amazing so how did that start off and then talk us through like that was a year basically right.
1: Uh, six months on the road, 182 days. Okay. Um, so basically what happened was is that I was working at a corporate jobby job, which we may get into uh, in a little bit, where they didn't care where I was in the country so long as I answered my phone. Um, and so I started to run the numbers of like, okay, cool, I've got this really great apartment in in Ahwatukee, which is a really posh area, old money area of Phoenix, uh, south of the South Mountain Preserve. Um, and I was looking at it and I was running the numbers and I was like, man like for what i'm paying right now and i was just frustrated with a lot of things um i was just like what i'm paying what i'm spending my lifestyle i just wanna to 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 just chuck everything and go and that's actually documented in the vlog one of the days when i was walking back from the police station where i had to do the uploads because the uploads at that apartment complex were so bad from quest That I'd have to walk to the municipal sub police station because they had free Wi-Fi that was actually good. So I'd walk over the mile to the substation and then do the upload and then walk back. And in that, I caught myself saying, like, I just want to pitch everything and just go for a long drive. And so ran the numbers and found out that if I was staying with friends, family or house sat for 11 days a month, it was profitable for me to be homeless. And that included all costs for hotels and gas and everything else, wear and tear on the car. And so I sat there and I was like, there's no way this actually works. There's no chance that this actually will come together. And so I had signed up for this website called housesittersusa.com, where it's 30 bucks a year in order to be able to find people who are looking for house sitters. Basically, they're looking for people to take care of their pets or their homes while they're on vacation. And so with some other previous experiences that I'd had, I got a couple of letter recommendations from folks. And I was like, all right, I'm going to sign up for this. I'm going to give it a try, right? It's January, I think it's like 3rd or 4th, whatever it was, right? Right after the new year. I'm like, I want to just try and see because I got like four months until my lease is up. Can I get a house sit anywhere in the nation? Figure it out. And I sat there and I applied to a house sit in Temecula, California, which is now about 15 minutes up the road from where I'm currently residing. Uh, And guy sat there and was like, yeah, cool. Let's do that. Like we had two phone calls over two days and he's like, let's go. Ended up that he was going on a business trip to, I believe the first one was to Ecuador. And then the second one was to China. He was going to be gone for six weeks. I signed all the paperwork and said I would be there uh, You know, three days after I signed up to the site. I was in his house 14 days later and was there for the entire six weeks, literally living across the street from a winery. And I was like, there's no way that this works. And yet it worked. And so that was one of those things where I was like, OK, got back from that and looked at everything. And my parents freaked out about it when I told them about the idea because they thought I was absolutely crazy. And I kind of am. And so the, the thing that I did in order to assuage their fears was I was not allowed to throw most of my stuff away or sell it like I had wanted to. They made me, made me air quotes around that. They really requested of me that I put everything into storage so that when I come back to Phoenix, it can all be there. I'm not starting from ground zero again like I did when I moved... From Phoenix to Vegas, and then Vegas to New York City, and then back to Phoenix, they saw how financially trying that was for me. And so I did the prudent thing, put everything into storage, and April 7th, 2015, I went homeless full-time, as I called it lovingly on the vlog, homeless by adventure. And that started the string of 182 days on the road, where I was constantly all through all 48 contiguous states and doing house sits about once uh, every month for anywhere from a week to 10 days.
0: How is and, okay? So how is that like? Because like you know, we obviously I've stayed in a ton of Airbnbs, and it's like okay, but those are specifically designed for guests, so you know everything is cleaned and the sheets are changed and the beddings and all that stuff like that. Like, is that kind of how it was for house sitting? Where like you did you sleep in their beds and?
1: It was amazing. Like, so the answer is the vast majority of the people that I house sat for, like, begged me to take full advantage of their homes. And these were fantastic homes, like in Kansas City, in outside of San Francisco, like San Jose-ish area. It was, like, awesome, like, awesome houses Um, in Augusta, Georgia. So, like, yes, the answer is some of them had, like, guest bedrooms or kids' bedrooms that had been converted that I would stay in, but, like, the two big long-term ones, the one in Temecula, the one in Kansas City, the one in San Jose or outside of San Jose, like, all three of those, which were all longer than 10 days, like, they were like, no, you sleep in my bed, and like, yeah, no, hey, like, we just changed these sheets, and, like, it was very clear, like, they had just been changed, and so, yeah, I just, like, I just basically took over these people's lives for the time that they were gone, taking their dogs on walks or, you know, starting this guy's ancient truck that he loves, but you know, doesn't drive on a daily. And he's like, yeah, man, if you could just find a way to put like 15 miles on it over the, the time that I'm gone, I would love you for that. Cool. All right. And Oh, by the way, here's the you know keys to open up the jacuzzi and the pool and everything. And I'm just like, this is amazing. And so like, I think that what, what was useful for me And I think one of the core things, and Clint, you can talk to this directly, is that I have this weird calculus inside of my brain of being of sense of service to others. And, you know, I won't ask for an appropriate, you know, amount back just because I'm like, well, I'm doing you a solid. And this house sitting situation was just the best of both worlds because I love pets. I love dogs. I love cats. I don't have any, haven't had any because I just don't feel like I'm in a responsible enough life situation to allow me to be a good pet parent. And I could get a fix of that for like two or three weeks and then bounce out. And, you know, I, I just love that. And so like, you know, taking over their lives, taking care of their homes, having them come back and be like, my house is cleaner than when I left it. <laughs> like, And I'm like, yeah, no, it was great. Thanks. I'm on the road. I'll see. You. I got, I got to go uh, get to El Paso. <laughs> it was just like the way that I just have always approached that. So the Airbnb stuff is great. I, funnily enough, I've never stayed in one. Um, I've always preferred to do a house sit in exchange because to me, like, yeah, like I had one house sit in the uh, seven of them that I did six or seven of them that I did um, where it was paid, but everyone else, it was just like, yo, like. Take care of my house and, and I'll take care of your pets. And that's the trade that we do. And it was great. I loved it.
0: Oh, so you didn't get paid for these? No,
1: the vast majority of them was completely like just, a you know, instead of me paying for a hotel room, I just oh. stayed for free in their house and ate their food. And, you know, one of them, he's like, dude, like everything that's not in this specific wine cellar, you are free to drink. And I was just like, God, OK. Oh, I didn't realize so, yeah. that.
0: I thought you were getting paid to do this. No, oh, no, no, no. shit. OK. So it was
1: just basically instead of like days when I was staying in a hotel room where it was like, okay, negative $88, negative $128, whatever. It was just a zero day against my cost infrastructure. Because you were,
0: but you still had the job, like you said. Yeah. So that's okay. Okay. That's the part that I was missing. I was thinking for some reason – no. Yeah. OK. I, I, so
1: like, in that in that six month period, I did get laid off by by this multimedia company their the multibillion dollar media company. Um, but at that point, I was already four and a half months in and I had promised myself six months and I looked at the severance money and I looked at, at the cash that I had on hand. And I was like, yeah, I'm just going to finish out in six weeks like eh, let's let's and, and try and figure out what I wanted to do. And in that process and also documented in the vlog was me talking about closed captioning and trying to make that a thing. And sure enough, like I, you know, I I remember the date and I, I remember the date only because my attorney had to go and dig it up in order to get it right in the incorporation papers or the LLC paperwork. It was June 15th, 2015. It was four days after I had been laid off that I started talking about closed captioning publicly. And it was something that I got guilted into by you and Chuck on Facebook to start closed captioning my stuff. And because I was so new to close or new to vlogging at that point, like you were a thousand days in, I was 90. Um, and so I was like, well, screw it. I can go back and I can do challenge myself to like closed caption these things. So I learned how to close caption and I learned all the technology pieces that were involved. And so my thing initially for the vlog, especially while I was doing those initial travels was I would not promote it on social media until it had fully accessible closed captions done. And I started to find out how hard that was to do. And as a result knew that, okay, like this is an interesting thing to be able to really say, all right, like if this is this hard for me, I'm a one-person, you know, 7 to 12 minutes a day kind of thing, and it's taking me two hours. No other professional who's got a real audience is going to really do this themselves. They'll, they'll outsource it. They'll find a way. And so I was like, well, screw it. Like my, and after doing it for that time period, uh, I was like, let's, let's give it a run, see what I can do. And I emailed you, and I emailed a bunch of other of my YouTube contacts to say, like, yo, I'm giving this a shot. Like, would you be in? And of course, you being you, and this is one of the many reasons why I think that we're super friends on a lot of things, but just like you being you we're like, yeah, I'm in full 30 days a month. Like, yeah, here's like, where can I put a credit card in? Let's go. And that, you know, initial 12 emails netted me six clients and, you know, almost $3,000 a month in recurring revenue, just because I had built those relationships and I pointed out a real problem and, uh, you know, was willing to give it a shot as a solution And sure as hell, by the time I got back to Phoenix, like I I was in a great spot to be able to sit there and be like, okay, I can go get a jobby job or I can do the closed captioning thing and see where I land. And I ended up doing both. And then all of a sudden I got, you know, two huge monster clients for the closed captioning business. And I was like, I literally can't any longer. I'm charging them enough so that I I can. So I was like, all right, I guess I'm going to be doing closed captioning full time in this tiny apartment off of 48th Street McDowell. Not the nicest place in Phoenix, but that was where I could afford to live while I was starting that business. And sure enough, like it it grew and at most at its peak, it had, you know, 18 paying customers and two-, two corporates. And you know, it was making really good money. I was working my eyeballs off until four in the morning and then getting up at seven and doing it again. But it trained me on you know, content and seeing a lot of content and seeing a lot of high volume content and how to, how to, that all works and why some of my content was failing and why I knew that I was never going to be a great, fantastic YouTuber that was going to get a huge audience. I was doing it for the documentation of my own life. And that's why 18 months after that, I stopped doing it was that I just I knew that I was not going to cross that finish line. The YouTube rules had changed where I couldn't even get pennies a day. And so I was just like, you know what? like let's let's take a look and see kind of what else I can do with this time instead of recording everything and and then editing and then uploading and doing all the YouTube stuff that I wasn't really doing very well to begin with on all fronts like I just it's not who I am so that's kind of where that all lands if that makes any sense in a monologue that goes almost 18 minutes
0: (laughs) (laughs) no that was good that was good because that that was I mean natural transitions that's exactly what I want to talk about next was the was the captioning and um, cause that's, that's really where our, like our relationship kind of like re rejuvenated and where we yeah. actually started talking on a regular basis. We started meeting up once a month for sushi and lunch and, uh, testing
1: every week, like yeah. school girls, you know, yeah. like. well, it, it, it
0: started off with like, like I said, the closed captioning, but then it came, became more of like monthly check-ins with the business and yeah. like my, cause our, w- w- you said 2015 so 2016 20,
1: 20 yeah march of 2016 was when we got serious about like yo like we're gonna get together at least once a month and you know like and it was right around that time that i asked you the question because like you were seeing like you had left your job right you would you know you were a few months into like doing this full time and i asked you the question of like what happens when the kids get older And we talked about like, what else could destabilize your business. And that was a major kind of, I think, turning point for us, where it wasn't just like, okay, like, I'm, you know, watching every minute of your vlogs and writing everything down. And then you're a friend. And this is awesome. To like, we started really talking like hardcore heavy business stuff of like, how do you continuity plan? if you know, something weird goes on with you where you right. can't do a hundred percent of what you're doing right now. And, and so like, and, and then two months after that was the right rail changing entirely in YouTube and you, your business really taking a, its first major hit where you would been nothing but growth, 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 growth to, oh my God, I'm self-employed and I have this new truck and oh my God, like, wow, this is amazing. And getting used to that. And then You know, the YouTube algo hit you for the first or really the second time because you did get kind of hit in that first apocalypse, but not too bad. Uh, But the right rail, really, the related videos, that's aka the right rail, uh, the recommended videos for people who don't know is 20 videos on the right side of YouTube that it recommends for you to watch. In Clint's early days, in Clint's early days for the vlog, 19 of those 20 spots were his other videos. And literally overnight, it went down to 8.
0: Or less. Yeah. In some instances. Yeah. 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 That was a big, that was a big hit there for sure. And that's, yeah, that's when we, we'd started talking about that uh, right before we bought the house. Uh, Cause 2017 was when that switch kind of hit and the numbers started to kind of like normalize and I'm like, okay, so this is my, I, you know, I've hit my peak, but if as long as I can stay at this, at this level, I'll be fine. I don't have to keep growing them. I'm, I'm good. I was making ridiculous money um and and like you said growth was yeah, just for hanging
1: out for your kid with your kids and yeah. putting it up on a, a 12 minute video on the internet you were doing just fine
0: yeah and so when <laughs> we were talking like there was even talk about like because i was like okay maybe it's time for me to get like a personal assistant to help me with like emails and brand deals and sponsorships and scheduling and like for a brief moment there i was like how about you what we got, the, re- know-
1: we got real close, like we were talking like actual like salaries yeah. and like how we were going to figure out, you know, some kind of health care for me. And like we were really, really, really close because like I knew that I had built out, I'd stopped doing all the closed captioning by hand myself. I had built up a, a set of like 24 independent contractors to help me out with that. I was still reviewing every video. But, and to make sure for consistency. But what ended up happening was a lot of that time And I didn't need to do that because I would have a dedicated person handling each channel. So once they learned like, oh, that's Mason's voice in the background, she didn't need me to correct that any longer. Right. Like she knew your guys's life. And so one of the things that I did that I think Rev would really and 3Play Media and all the other big players in the space would really benefit from is – By having like a lead captioner who consistently is involved, who enjoys that specific content, because what I would do is I would pair like I had Dan Martell, who is a big time business angel investor who creates some YouTube content. and, And I ended up pairing him with somebody who was getting her CPA. And so she loved learning about that content and startup life and how it all kind of works. And she ended up getting a job inside of a startup using some of the knowledge that she learned by closed captioning his stuff. Like and so like that's one of those things where like that's a rant regarding closed captioning. But like, yeah, like getting to that point where I could say, all right, like this isn't taking all of my time. I was making an okay enough money on my own, but like I could see that you needed help. And I knew that like I could because of my background in legal and business deals and everything else, like I could help you along with that. And, you know, what? like, cool, like, uh, yeah, you got, here's a $30,000 base for you. You're going to take 20% of anything you bring in. Now I have motivation to go and do all of the legwork for, you know, hey, Makita, let's get Clint building something using yep. your tools.
0: Yep, exactly. Right? And,
1: and so figuring that kind of stuff out. And so we got like close, not once, but twice, I think was like we, we got close once on the actual like branding and like assistant stuff. And then we got close when you were getting ready to consider building some kind of studio asset right um and, and that, well that and, was that
0: first house we looked at it had a thousand square foot guest house in the back and my vision was because it was it was literally like an apartment right a thousand square yeah. feet it had a bedroom a bathroom a kitchen it's
1: bigger than my place now here at the beach right like, that was that's yeah. what
0: was in my backyard and i was like i had this envision of like i'm gonna make a gate on the side and then you know and then the employees just come in and like they work whether i'm there or not right like that was the vision at the time because at the time like i said, financially. I was saving and I was investing and I was looking. I was ready to kind of spin off my own business aside from just doing YouTube. Kind of like you know Sean Duras. Sean Duris is is someone I looked up to in, in regards to that because that's exactly what he did. He started yep. doing his you know his videos and uh, his Snapchats and he got real big on on that because he's a really creative dude. But then he created the space station. And Space Station originally was just a place to do his work, but then it spun off to other channels. And he now he's, he's on like Space Station 3.0, and he's got a, a, an esports team, and he's just absolutely crushing it. Um,
1: it's similar to Devin Supertramp, another guy in Utah yep. who, like, yep. like, those guys, like, they started by creating interesting content, then got so good at it that brands were like, make our content. And as a result, they ended up building these production companies, both of them, that are wildly successful and having worked with one of those two, you know, individuals or the companies that they had, like for a brand activation, like they're making good money doing those kinds of things. And. Like they're working with all the people that they want to work with, either talented folks or their friends or both. And that's like that's a fun scenario to be in where it's like there are a dozen of us in a room together jamming. Like, could you imagine the kind of stuff if you were to rally around just the mods for your Twitch channel and be like, let's start a business like and oh, yeah, by the way, we're all sitting in the same room together like a one yeah. it would be ridiculously obnoxious because <laughs> like you never know what was come out of anybody's mouth but True. two is that there's enough technical skill sets and salesmanship and other pieces in there that you like we would not fail like yeah. it would find a way to success it's just a matter of can you get everyone to firewall 12 months of their life to fucking invest in that yeah <laughs> like, <laughs> well and that
0: and that, like i said that was the thing is like i one more year i think we would have been there yeah. um we could i, we, I,
1: I I, I, knowing what I know from the numbers, there's no question in my mind that another year of that kind of like 2016 to 2017 growth would have put you over the, because you would have had enough excess capital to be able to be like, yo, so I'm going to hire these first three people and we'll see how it goes. And yep. then once they start generating revenue, cool, that gets employees four five and six and seven. Exactly. Ton.
0: Exactly. Like I, All and that's well, how
1: these flywheels work in business kids exactly. is that you don't sit there and, and, you know, if you're not trying to take in a bunch of venture debt, and, you know, taking on a business loan or an SBA loan or, you know, an angel investment where you're literally bootstrapping. The entire point here is to build something for yourself and your family and then have it throw off just enough cash to get that other thing started and then getting that so that it can support itself 100% as quickly as possible.
0: Well, that's exactly what, like, the the Rare drop guys, you know, uh, Corey, Ben, and Kevin like they're all content creators. They're doing the streaming thing, uh, the YouTube thing, and they decided to create a coffee company. And you know, the you know, the up to this point, they're, all the money they made from the coffee went right back to the company, paying for you know, uh, Wayne to make the coffee, and then yep. it, they've continued to do that and just reinvest it. Well, they actually have, I- they, they say all the time, they haven't really taken any. They haven't made any money because it literally just goes right back into feeding the company and growing the brand. And now they've got their first like big office and they're like, you know, a tasting room and they're just crushing it now, you know, two, three years later.
1: But, and that's one of those things where, right, if you're not having to take down that paycheck, it, the fuel that that gives your business is massive. Mm -hmm. And there's so much upside to that. Right. And I'm getting into a position now with echo make echoes, which I know we're going to talk about here in a bit, but like. I'm getting into that same kind of position given some of the changes that have happened recently in my life. So I'm going to be able to sit there and you know what, hey, like the 25 clients that are there, right? That revenue, I don't have to take down as, you know, hey, part of my consulting or or contracting dev salary because things are changing right now. And so as a result... Like I can sit there and I can turn to Rocco, my friend who's helping me out with this just because, you know, he's an industry veteran inside of startup land. And he's, you know, a little bored at the moment because he's got some health stuff that he's trying to work through. And, you know, I'm like, Rock, like here's 100 percent of the revenue minus my costs for servers and stuff. Go do whatever you can with it. And he's getting ready to really make that a thing. And like we may wait a couple more months just because like life is happening and pandemic is happening. (laughs) And so we'll, we'll sit there and we'll get to the other side and, you know, to be able to sit there and say, okay, cool. Like if this dollar being spent in this way generates $1.25 in revenue that next month, you get into an open flywheel situation where you're like, cool. However, we're acquiring that, that customer go as fast, as far as you can, because I know I'm going to be OK. And so that's like it sounds like those guys at Drop have really done a tremendous like away from creating a tremendous product. They have created a, a situation where like, yeah, they can be patient and they can overinvest in this business right now. And, you know, that's I think that's some something that you and I both aspire to. And I think that we're both getting a heck of a lot closer to actually executing on where like you've got revenue streams coming in from stuff that you're not really doing anything for any longer, which is exactly what you need to do. And yeah, like you could reinvest that into more promotion of those things, or you can sit there and you know, Hey, you want to make sure that the kids college fund is fully funded this month. There you go.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, and that goes back to what like the next, like where the conversation led after 2017 and the numbers started kind of like uh you know not only did they stop growing but then they started deteriorating um yeah, that for was you. the year, yeah, yeah yeah that was the year that i decided to move my live streams to twitch um well so you had toyed around with
1: the gaming stuff right you had had the gaming channel you'd done with the youtube gaming stuff and some of that was some of the conversations that we had about like what happens after the kids go away to college right and so you were like well like I, 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 love playing video games. I was like, f- then find a way to make more content around that. Right. Yeah. And, and I started doing and, and the these games.
0: Up. Yeah. I started yeah, doing these games up. and streaming. I did that for the, the, actually, it, it, I don't know when I like started regularly, but like it was after YouTube gaming launched, I was doing a couple hours a day, the like kids go to school edit the yeah. vlog, get the vlog up, do the whole like social yeah, thing. You,
1: you do. Yeah. Basically like the way that I remember it. And I was in a lot of those rooms cause I was just close captioning your stuff waiting for you to send over the episode. So yeah, like sitting there and uh, yeah, like you would get done with the edit. You do the, all the metadata work on that. You'd set it to go live at like 1 PM, but you would sit there and you'd be done at 10 30. And so like, you'd just be like, okay, cool. I'm going to jump on here and like do something, something. And then, you know, okay, cool. I've got to go run this errand for TIFF. Right. And like that was when your that was when your stream would end and you'd be like two and a half, three hours, three and a half hours in whatever it was. Yeah, yeah it was like it was of short and sweet versus what you're currently doing, which is a legitimate job, a full time and then some job right. regarding content creation on the live side.
0: But my thought process behind that was, you know, after two years, I wasn't super happy with YouTube gaming, where they were at, where they were going. But then also, hey, let's move this portion of my content to another platform. So it wasn't all in one basket, because at the time. Even though I had two channels, ninety nine percent of my revenue was coming from YouTube, and yep. uh, uh, I'd say seventy five percent was coming from ad revenue. And so, while I get a, a nice sponsorship every once in a while that would you know give me a few thousand dollars one time deal, that was great, and that was the that was kind of the the, the thing that kept the you know the the peaks going up. Um, the fact that a majority of my my income was ad revenue and the views were going down absolutely just started negatively impacting the, the the bottom line. So moving to Twitch well, made that, sense.
1: But there was also one other thing here. And let me jump in here. I'm sorry to step on you, but I think it's really important to to, to paint this as part of that picture is that ad rates were not consistent and are not consistent month to month. So yes. like you could sit there and like, you know, yeah, it may be that like, you know, your views are stable month to month, but the dollar amount that you're able to get out of those views Varies widely, especially in Q4, which is holiday season, which makes it really hard to make decisions in a positive mindset during the holiday season, stress and all that stuff with family and everything else. And then, oh, yeah, hey, guess what? Now it's January 1. You need to start prepare the process of getting your taxes in line. And you're just like, whoa, like yeah. it just sucks. <laughs> yeah. And so like that's I think one more variability piece that you were trying to break away from, which was, yeah, sure. The views were, you know, up and down and all over the place. And, and you know, YouTube can make one algorithm change. But they weren't stabilizing you on the revenue side either. So you couldn't be like, OK, cool. Like, yeah, we're down 8 percent on total views all right, I'm down 8% in revenues this month. I can, I can make choices in order to, to react to that. It was, I'm down 8% in views. I'm down 12.5% or 14% in revenue. And this is starting to hurt. Yeah. And then, you yeah. you know, you grab a brand deal or two and or you'd have two of them hit together at the same month where you sit there and you've been working on one for five seconds and the other one for four months. Yeah. And, you know, all of a sudden you're just like, well, things are good again. Yeah. It's like it just is it's it's a recipe for burnout in some respects. Right. I've said to you forever, especially before you got real, real serious about Twitch, is that like Twitch was, you know, a one arm bandit. It was a slot machine. You, you never know what's going to come out of that at a time. YouTube was like worse than that. It was like a craps table where it's just like, you don't know like half of the rules and you don't understand what the machination is and like what it means when this number comes up or like, and they don't have to tell you anything there's no communication from youtube they're horrendous about it on a business sense so they can't communicate hey we're making a change to our ad product in the next 90 days because that's leading and in, leading information to the street and like they can get sued for that so they just sit there and they spring it on the content creators and basically you guys are left holding the bag which is like a horrendous thing to do as a business partner where you're like cool so you don't know how to you know project in the future for your business too bad. Like, right. It's like the worst. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Well, and, and so then that's, yeah, we moved to Twitch and that felt good and they, uh, they helped with the transition and things, they were go, really things were going went well.
1: above, over and above for you. Like, I know that like you showed me bits and pieces of the actual paperwork and, and the deal that they pieced together for you. And they really wanted you and your brand. And they really stepped up or in the early days. Cause your YouTube gaming numbers didn't have any of the, the prereqs to get the deal that you got, like, but well, they, they, they
0: invested in you. The, right. And it was funny is, is, you know, back then I was, I, I was doing IRL streams on my Clintus TV channel. And then yeah. I was doing the gaming streams over there. And I was trying to separate the two. And I'll never forget one of the guys I talked to made a, a point that, um, like, it doesn't matter what name it's under. It doesn't matter what your content you're making. It's It's Clintus. Live, and we want all of that. And so you know one of the things with with Twitch even now today is exclusivity. When you are a twitch partner, uh you're not allowed to stream in any other platform. And back then, I was like, oh, I don't know about that. That was the, uh, the honestly one thing that kind of held me back was I was like, let me stream to both. like let me keep my YouTube gaming, you know memberships over there and and whatnot. You guys have a better product. Let me just stream to both and let the the user decide where they want to go. And they were, you know, they were real big sticklers for being um, uh, exclusive. After I started doing it though, and and saw how better the platform was on Twitch, I was all on board with exclusivity. I was like, I don't want to stream anywhere else. I want everyone to be on Twitch. I want if they're gonna watch me live, come to Twitch. You know, that kind of thing. And so, um, you know, things started going really well there. And I then started having the two the two streams of revenue. And then yep. once that that engine was kind of rolling, is when I started to kind of you know doing the podcast and um you know actually started signing with with brands on a recurring revenue basis and yep. stuff like that and next thing you know yeah. i think it was maybe 2018 maybe end of 2018 early 2019 i was at a, i was at a point where i was making i was having six forms of revenue and and it was all coming in from different angles and, and to your point you made earlier some of it was is i don't have to do anything like i mean I, I do stuff but i'm saying it's not something where i have to consistently push buttons and it it runs itself as long as i keep yeah. feeding it
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, like, there's no. like let me dispel this rumor if you ever think about, there's nothing that is actually passive income. It just doesn't exist. Sorry, it does not exist. There is some part of work that is required with all of it. it. A lot of it can be super automated and that's kind of where I've built my professional career is building these black boxes that take consistent inputs and create consistent outputs. And you as a customer, as a user, as a business, do not need to know what actually goes on in there unless you really want to. Right. And at that point, I sit there and I'll, I'll open it up and tell you, especially if you're paying me for it. But like like the like that kind of situation where you're able to say, OK, cool, like, you know, what? like this, you know, piece of work that I'm doing, right, this promotion of G Fuel that I'm doing, like I know that that's going to produce real money that's going to come out in 45 days. Right, and I'm not having to create a ton of content for it. I'm just doing the things that I would already be doing, but there happens to be a G Fuel fridge behind me, or hey, I'm wearing a G Fuel cap. Like, and yeah. oh, wait, hey, I'd make a five second mention that, oh, 30% live again on my YouTube video. It's in front of, you know, 15, 20,000 people. Yeah, like, exactly. Like, like, that's, that's the kind of stuff where it's like little bits of work, but it's kind of like half work. And when you stack enough of these half work things that actually do produce revenue, then that's one of those pieces where it's like, that's where when people sit there and I, you know, you know, my stance on people coming into your chat room and say, go get a real job. And I'm just like, You sell cell phones at a Verizon store, dude. He's selling G Fuel on stream. You're doing the same activity. Yeah. (laughs) Well,
0: and it's a problem is 99% of the time, Nowadays, when someone says that whole get a real job, they don't actually even mean that. They're just literally just trying to—that's right—you know—get under my skin or or, or start or start an argument or something like that. Because I make the argument all the time. My number one argument for that is like, well, that's like saying LeBron James will get a real job because he's just Correct. playing a basketball game, which is a kid sport back when we were on recess in elementary school. But because it's a you know multi million dollar, he's making millions right. of dollars, you know, and I'm making thousands of dollars. Like it's different. Like it's different. Like.
1: I, I just, you know, to me, like, you know, Jason Zook is a dear friend. He lives a mile and a half up the road and he runs a company with his wife called Wandering Aimfully. And one of the core tenants that they so they help creatives build businesses around whatever they're creative about. It's really an incredible program. I've known Jason for years and years. But one of the things that they really push people towards is finding your enough number, whatever that enough number is, right? So, right. What is the minimum that you need to make in order to support the lifestyle that you currently have? What is the minimum lifestyle that you want? And the number associated with that. And then the thing that I think that they get really, really smart about is like, where's the one or two luxuries in your life? Okay. What are the, what's that going to cost you? And Once you get to that number, whatever that number is, right? For some people, that might be $6,000 a month. For other people, that might be $15,000 because you don't know all the variables that are going into that calculus. But once you get there, taking a look back and saying, you know, is this enough? Can I slow down? Can I, you know, just maintain versus this constant growth and growth hacking and like the business memes of like, you know, grinding your face off? And it's like, you, I build businesses at this point, and I know you do too, Clintus, is that like we build these things to facilitate the rest of our lives, not be our lives. That, you know, like, yeah, I might work a ton right now, but I'm also like I've got four different products in the market right now, all of which are at the early stages or few users stages. And like that's cool. But I know that, you know, like I haven't touched Make Echoes in the past four days. It's produced more than two dozen videos and, you know, people are paying to use it like I like done. Like, I don't have to stress about that. And the same for when was that said, which is the custom search engine for what's said inside of YouTube videos like I'm not selling that right now. I'm getting closer to selling it. But like for the channels that I've been indexing for a year now, almost a year coming up in October, like. They're able to use that tool that is a functional, useful tool, and some of them are paying for it. And so like, that's great for me. That makes life really simple. And so like to know that that's running in the background and that that's cash flow and that I don't have to worry about like, the day to day maintenance of those assets, although I will still check on them, I'm still logged into backends of all of these servers right now, so I can, you know, make sure there isn't something falling over and melting a server somewhere. Right. But that's that's me. That's my choice. And so, like, I, I think that the thing that that so much of this is is like figuring out what those assets are that you can create that end up creating revenue that enable your life to be the life you want to live. And I think that so many people think that it takes making a million dollars, yet they don't understand like in order to make that million dollars, you may have to spend a million in additional expenses in order to make that million. And what headaches come with that? And that's something that like I I had this conversation with my father in person, which was the first time we've seen each other in 2020 uh, earlier this week. Like I have no intention of building a 50-person company to support Make Echoes. Like, I just don't, I will not do it because that's not me. I'm not a good manager. I know this, like I'm okay with it. And I also know that like, I much rather invest my time instead of like developing a kid who's just out of college and teaching him how to code correctly and all this stuff. I want to go invest that time in the creators and like, just hang out in their chat room for three hours. Like Mm -hmm. that is that, that like, that doesn't make any sense on a business sense versus like the revenue, the $29 a month that they're paying me. But it does a lot for the relationship of like, are they happy with me? Are they happy with the, co- the product? Hearing how they're using it, all of those pieces are very, very relevant data to building a better product because much like there was with closed captioning, there's going to come a point where I can't be in every one of these streams. Right now at 25 people, I can try and everyone notices that I'm trying. Right. And that matters. And so when it gets to 250 people in a year, Okay, like they're going to know that like that's not part of the thing, but like people will know that I am making an effort and I, I don't ever want to be seen as not putting in the work. And that's just me. And like that, that may not be it for other people where, again, right, if I make this lifestyle choices in order to sit there and meet my lifestyle and then I decide, you know what? Cool. It's Thursday night and, you know, Johnny and Heidi are on the Johnny and Heidi stream singing their asses off. I want to go sit there for two hours and just listen to good music from really accomplished country artists. I'm down for that. And it's good. And it's positive. And that's investing in the community and understanding like, yeah, like I may not have a product to sell them right now, but I might hear something that is a problem that I can solve for them. And then this is where I get myself into a lot of trouble or good trouble, I guess we can call it where snaps. She snaps says that I hear prob- a problem come across in a stream or in a conversation, and Clintus, you can v- vouch for this as well. My brain goes into immediate "I fix" mode. How like how do I fix this? How do I make this problem no longer a problem for someone? Because like getting locked up in the little stuff, it's not good.
0: Well, and, and yeah, and and it really comes down to like you said, running the numbers. Right. So you start thinking about like, I know, again, I I reference Gary Vaynerchuk a lot. I know everyone's got their motivational speaker. They've got their person that motivates them. You know, uh, Gary's always been in the back of my mind all the time. You know, I see enough of his content because he puts it out a thousand times a day. But yeah it, it's one of and those I've things been a
1: part of that engine and I can talk to how that all happens yeah, but yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But, but like there's a lot there's a team of 38 people doing that yes like. yes
0: yes he's, a, he's he's a different entity he's a different on a different plane of existence but he's a,
1: he's a brand he's not a person any longer correct. let's be
0: honest correct team Gary V is a is a thing uh, but but one of the things he talks about he's talked about multiple, multiple times in fact I just had this conversation with Bryce on Friday on our big long walk was you just need to make enough money to live a happy life. And and like what you said, whatever that is for you is different for every person. Some people have different needs. Some people want a nice car. Some people don't need a car at all. They're fine with uh, driving a jalopy and and it doesn't matter. Um, Mm -hmm. Some people wanna live in a nice big home. Some people wanna live in a downtown area where it's more accessible. So you figure out what that number is for you, like you said. And and it can change.
1: This is the thing Mm -hmm. that I want people to understand is that it can change behind the scenes In an instant, right, you meet that special someone or you get you're told that you're going to become a parent, right? Like that changes a lot of the calculus on things very quickly. And so one of the things that I've gotten much, much better on in the last two years is that what is right for me today may not be right for me tomorrow. And it is not being indecisive by responding to new information. It's responding to new information. Yes. And so like you can sit there and yeah, like if you want Bryce to have that great life, like that's going to look very different when he's 18 and living with six of his buddies in a house versus when he's 35 and has two kids like like very different. And so not associating your identity to those things. Right. Is a major kind of growth point for me of like you know not having a giant house or a super nice apartment or or like the bends that i drove around and in the road trip right like being okay like with less produces a lot of opportunity for good things to happen or for me to have the resources so that when opportunities present themselves i can invest i can make that choice of like yo i'm willing to throw down you know a month and a half of my time where i'm not charging a client for my consulting services in order to build a new product
0: well and that and that goes back to um they, they, they go, that goes back to like like i said a lot of these kids that look up to me as, as a youtuber as a, as a streamer and all that, that content creator you know money is always a, a big thing for them right like because
1: they don't have it or they don't understand how it works and those are two things that that like when you don't understand how money works and you don't understand how to make money it's literally the only thing you can think about because everything you do in life costs money well, that so and they like,
0: see, I, they see other YouTubers with the bling bling and, you know, they, they take which their is YouTube money rented
1: more than half of the time. Let me put it through your head. The house is rented. The car is rented. The watch is rented. So get it through. Like most of these people do not actually own these assets. Yeah. Especially if you're 22 years old and a TikToker in Redondo Beach, you don't own shit.
0: (laughs) Yeah, or it's mommy and daddy's. You know, it's it's that too.
1: Yeah, I mean, and and, oh yeah, dad happens to be the CMO of a Fortune 50 company.
0: Right. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. They they, they can't.
1: You can't hear that on the on the Uh, audio side. The eye roll from me on the end of that is (laughs) obnoxious. But I get the
0: comments (laughs) on YouTube, or I get the shithead in chat, and they, they, you know, they want to talk about this and that. And it's like the reality is, and you know, and I've talked about this an extent, but. you may not have heard this, right? The person that that's talking the, yeah. the trash or whatever. You didn't hear me actually say this for the thousandth time. But it's like, I'm definitely a person that's like been there, done that. And and so is my wife. Like Tiffany is like, oh, I've been to the Grand Canyon. I don't need to go back and see it again. I've been to the mm-hmm. museum. I don't. I've seen a tiger. I don't need to go back to the zoo. Like she's that kind of person, right? Yep. And I am in certain aspects as well. Like we bought that J- last. You'll time. go
1: to that mim field trip every time. Well, <laughs> you'll MIM's, go to the Museum of Instruments. Come they on. need they
0: need uh they need chaperones. I'm like, <laughs> I, it's cool. I like that place. I'll go back. I don't care. I wouldn't go back. Like I, I like I'm not gonna take the kids there, is what I'm saying. But if there's a field trip, I'm no. Like,
1: but I, I I was willing to sit there and riff on you just a little bit there just to razz you because of how many times i had to close caption that video <laughs> because like it Three literally times. was like so yeah it was like twice in like four months and then a year later it came back and i was like is this a deja vu moment? right yeah like, yeah
0: like, <laughs> but but like we bought that house because like you know it was like tiffany's like dream house had everything she wanted and then some and we had an in incredible
1: kitchen was incredible like yeah. i will give her all the props of the world for being like this
0: kitchen <laughs> absolutely yeah and 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 but we thought that okay we get this big house we don't need to go anywhere like we don't we will be homebodies we got the resort stop yep. pool we get the big back. we have two guest rooms people can come hang out with us like and the first summer felt like that like okay oh, this is gonna be the start of an, of an awesome time and then year two happened and it was like a complete 180 like nobody wanted to come over nobody was coming out um you know when we wanted to do stuff it was like okay well you know this month money's tight because a brand we didn't get that extra brand deal or or whatever and it was like it got to the point where we 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 sacrificed a lot for the house, but be also because the business was going down, and we were pivoting to the Twitch, and things yep. are going good on Twitch. But it took a long time to get to where we're at today, Correct. which is now where we were with YouTube 2016. Like like it took yep. three years for me to get back to where I was at. And, well, and, and,
1: and by the way, you had momentum already. You had a name. You had access to an audience, which is something where I think that a lot of people misunderstand this on Twitch or on YouTube or on content anywhere is that, yo, I'm going to start this thing. And like five months later, I'm going to be full time on this. No, you're not. Right. It's going to take you know in my mind and in my experience the only channels that have successfully gone from zero to like full-time employment for folks are informational how-to channels yeah and that's it like there because they you're literally sitting there and you're playing the seo game of how do i fix a toilet yeah and you somehow are like the you know nice neighbor who knows how to do all that stuff and you have that it factor and you've got somebody who's either teaching you or coaching you on how to play the YouTube algorithm correctly, then you might stand a chance to do it in a short time frame because it's Problem solution, and you're out. And if you've got that little extra, then people might stick around for the content, right? Doctor Bo, the chiropractor out of New Mexico, is one of those guys who he just has that it factor. Like, yeah, he's like you know the crack you know addicts and all of that kind of stuff, which is fun if you're into the chiropractics at all. But him and his personality, and the fact that he's this former you know college football player who's this massive human being, but he's sitting there and he's like bringing the pain to people, and then all of a sudden they relax it's satisfying to watch. And it's just like, oh, wait, now he's bringing out the hammer and the chisel. What the heck is right. that for? Right. And it's just like, you know, and it's comically large, but it is what it is. So it's like, it, like, those are the types of people that are doing it. And so when you have those assets and the, that momentum to be able to say, okay, cool, like, it take me three years. But you had the momentum of a YouTube channel and an audience and everything else. So let's put this in context for people who don't have that you need to be willing to do this at a near full time, we'll call it 25, 30, 40 hours a week if you're gonna be really generous with that investment, for three to five years to be able to support yourself on that, right? We have a friend in Snocks who is making that investment right now. Like, and he is gonna get there. Like he's like. He's still working his jobs and he's still taking care of his family and doing all this other stuff. But he's streaming until two or three in the morning and he's building the relationships with the right content creators, with the right audiences. And he happens to be really, really ridiculously talented in first person shooters. And that is all going to line up. At some point where he's he's gonna like in my mind, and I hate to like compare these two, but they are very much the same in, in in some ways, right? Libra LeBron was one of those guys who came onto the scene because he just was a dude that everybody was like, I want to hang out with you, right? Different perspective, very funny, off the cuff. And he had some life stuff go down where he couldn't stream. And as a result, like Snox has kind of come into that spot. Now, Libra is back online, which is great, but he can't invest the same amount of time, same Libra. But it's just like that momentum lost matters in this ecosystem a lot. and And, and not just on the recommendation algorithms, but like just in total, People. like if your audience doesn't know that you're going to be there consistently, like it makes it really hard to build that audience, even if you're doing it at weird ass hours.
0: That's my fault. My, my my problem is is I gain momentum and I feel like oh it's on autopilot and then realize no it's not this plane is fucking falling and you need to grab that grab the sticks again because it's you know it's
1: you I will say that this is one of the things that I have you know tried to help you with over the years is that you come off the accelerator way too early. And, like, uh, that's why, like, for years privately, I've been like, dude, like, how do we build consistency? How do we build this so that, like, it's just something that's automatic the same way that creating the vlog was for you, you know, cool, I'm going to edit this vlog before I go to work. And, you know, then I go to work and then I come home and I hang out with the kids and I shoot the vlog and then I go to sleep and I, and, like, it just became its own little rhythm, this consistency that was forced by the function of, like, you had only XY time to do said thing. And since you've had complete control of your schedule, I've pushed you a lot of like, dude, like, what are you doing on Tuesdays at 10 a.m.? Well, now we know you're starting your stream. That's awesome to, like, have that locked in. How can we do that in other areas? And I think that, you know, the Miracle Morning stuff that Snaps has challenged you with and that I've tried to support you on, like, we're trying to build more of that for you internally because you struggle at moments with staying consistent even when it's good, you just kind of like, well, it's good. It's good. I, I, it's good. Like, right. I, I'm good. Right. Like, and, and, and instead of like, no, it's good because I'm doing the work. It's good because I am consistently putting in the time. And I think you are seeing that with some of the schedule changes and other things that you've done over the last year and a half on Twitch is that like when it's good and you're consistent, it's good. Now you may, you know, vacillate on, you know, hey, is this season in destiny good? Or is this game the right game for me to be playing? Is this attracting the right kind of people as an audience? But at the end, like you're still, you know, figuring that out. And again, that can change day to day. Like there may be a new game that comes out. You're super pumped to play that for some reason gets tons of front page love. And, you know, the connections that you have with the Twitch team, they decide to put you on a homepage for a week straight because like you're having fun with it and they're seeing a great viewership. All of a sudden now we get back to where we were with the D2 launch and that crazy 16 hour stream and like all of that crazy fun that that was like. And so like being respective of where you are and what you're doing and why you're doing it, not being tied specifically to the end result. Like this is a big thing for me recently with people that I've been talking with is like doing the work and putting in the effort and being okay with the result, whether or not it's good or bad, like knowing that you did the work. But you did everything you could to make the work happen.
0: Yeah, well, and and scheduling and routines has always been something that, you know, I talk about regularly and Tiffany always likes to laugh at me because I'm always talking about schedules, but it's like I never f- find the right schedule. I'll, I'm on a schedule for a week or two or a month and then it changes. And the problem is, is that going back to momentum is I, mm-hmm. w- while things are running and, and everything's going good, I'm like, all right, this is it, we're good, boom, boom, boom. And then there's a detour, there's a roadblock. Yep. There's a, a life moment where
1: you guys, you guys go up to Lola Mai for a weekend and it throws your entire routine off.
0: Exactly. Like, and,
1: and then that's always been the, the failure point for you is not that you're doing stuff with your family because you should love doing stuff with your family. And I know you do, but it's the picking back up the routine when you get back that yeah. you sit there and like, you'll, you'll run into this problem where it's like, oh, cool. So we got the trailer all stored away again. Everything's all good. I'm going to sleep in. And I'm like, oh, God, no, like, please get up at 630 and like buzz my watch at 715 saying you're done with your morning walk. Like, like, that's the kind of stuff where it's like, you know, for me, that's like, just please, like, as you come out of that, that's that transition. Like, yeah, you can have those changes, but make sure they're changes for the right reasons is my recommendation to you and my recommendation to everybody, which is like, if this is working and you're enjoying the results of it. Keep doing it, even if there is a life detour, right? There and they will happen. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when, right? You will have, you know, a new school schedule. You will have a new, you know, schedule at work. You'll have something different that will force you to make changes to that schedule, but don't invalidate the entire reason why you built the schedule to begin with
0: yeah yeah and i'm and i'm getting better like you know between the you are the and i am giving you 100
1: <laughs> percent credit here publicly that you are getting a lot better about thinking about it and you're getting better about executing on it too
0: well i, I mean hell the, the podcast we you know th- this is uh this is episode 53 and it's been one two three four this will be the fifth Five? week in a row yeah. fifth, fifth week in a row of, of of on monday at six o'clock you know um yeah. being consistent and it's between me being consistent but also tiffany saying hey Sunday at noon is a good time to record the podcast because of this is going on or, you know, uh, do you have a guest this weekend? Like, do you need to schedule when you're doing the podcast? You know, she's more on board with it. So, um, but just in general, like just keeping more things like on my schedule and, uh switching my, my stream hours has helped a lot, you know, getting up yeah, in the mornings.
1: Her support has been huge in multiple times in multiple areas of your business, and I, that's the reason why, like, for almost a year there, every time we get together for lunch, I would ask for her to come, because I knew that anything that I was saying to you, you would go home and stew about it. I would even hear, hear about it from her, that she would stew about it, because you were processing, like, figuring out, like, how you're going to do it, and then, like, it was messing up your time with the family because she could see you processing all of, like, the brain dump that we had just had and so it was just easier to be like no no like this is affecting your life and it is you know your family's business so like she should have a seat at that table while i'm messing with your brain right. so like you know she's been tremendously helpful through all of this and the fact that she is helping to firewall this time is akin to when she started picking up a camera like it's super helpful to you to not feel guilty about like oh i'm missing out on stuff with the family where she's like no go record for an hour and a half like go do this and well she and sees no upside from it.
0: She's a smart lady she recognizes that that all the things that I do is all wrapped up into the business, and even if i if it's me on my phone for ten minutes replying to tweets or Instagram comments or YouTube comments or you know whatever, p- putting up a photo that I took four hours ago on instagram because it's 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 again it's that uh you know the podcast can't hear my hand, but it's like that that constant like airstream of a pushing me back up, pushing it back up, pushing it back up. Because at the end of the day, everything that I do is all about attention. And so in order for me to garner people's attention, I have to put out content. I have to put out things. And so she recognizes that. But her big thing is always the timing, like the, the right place, the right time. Right now is not a good time to put that Instagram post up, save it for an hour from now. But my argument all the time is, is that, well, it's top of mind right now. And if I wait too long, I'll forget about it. And then three hours from now, I'll remember. But it's now it's too late. I'm like, oh, I should have got that fucking thing up four hours ago. Like, Yeah it's always fine. And again, it's all balanced. It's all well, balanced. And, and, and
1: yeah. And, but again, right. It's one of those things where that changes minute to minute day to day. Right. Yeah, and, true. and so like, you know, being respectful of your partner is a conversation that we could have on a lot of different ways. But I think that isn't of super interest given my experience and expertise and, and whatnot, but like, you know, understanding like what your partner needs from you matters and when matters and how it's communicated matters. And I think that, that, you know, you guys have built a hell of a partnership where she is super supportive of you and that you really appreciate and validate her for it. And therefore like you protect the times like she asks for when you guys go out to when it's not COVID, when you guys go out to your Friday night drinks and you shut it down for the rest of the night, like it's just you and her hanging out like that's the kind of stuff that makes me confident that like you are acting as a good husband and that's why i never text you during that time i never like i i'm i am conscious of that too and i don't know if a bunch of the other friends are but i wouldn't be shocked if they are like that nobody's hitting you up during that time spot because we know that that's tiff's time
0: yeah i mean i get a lot of asks to to game or stream on friday nights because it is friday night um especially with friends i just want to game but it's like Friday nights always just open for Tiff, especially like I said, pre pre COVID. Uh, you know, Friday nights were happy hour, and where we yeah. live now, we've got multiple restaurants within you know a, a bike distance away. Um, that was our kickoff to the weekend, and I've really, I'm I'm even right now going harder into Monday through Thursday. I only see the family during at dinner. Right, we wake yeah. up in the morning. I go for it's my like walk. You're
1: back at the job. Yeah, like you're back in the office.
0: I go for my walk, or now once or twice a week, I'm doing a workout with Tiff which i'm so
1: proud of you about dude I like hate it. i I, hate it. I know you do <laughs> I, I know it. that i know the ab workout is just completely just like the thing you <laughs> hate the most but i promise you keep going
0: i know i am well again it's another thing for us to, to come together on you know right now we're coming together on this whole plant thing that this whole plant addiction i'm on which I, I, I'm, I'm loving the planting, but she's loving the pots and the decorating and stuff like that. So it's something we do together. And,
1: it's, it's perfect for you guys to yeah. do together.
0: So but but right now I'm like going harder. Like I still feel guilty. My biggest thing is I feel guilty when I'm not there for any moment with with Tiff and the kids. Um, it, you know, I'm big on like, hey, there's a sports thing going on. I'm going to go see my kids play sports because they only get so yep. many games. or something. And like I know. You know, and people- at this
1: point, you've only getting so many more years. Yes, right? I yeah. Right. Like that. I think that that is becoming more and more real for you in the last. I would say two last two seasons for volleyball in particular, but yeah. also with Bryce's last basketball season. Yeah. Like when you when we met up in Anaheim, like I've I've got a sense that, like, you know, that there are only so many more times that you're going to get to do this as a dad.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and yeah, specifically with even with Sierra because volleyball is her passion and she's going to play the next three years in high school and pursue college just for volleyball. Like right now, she.
1: I'm going to sit here and I'm going to put this on the record because I, you know, you and I have spoken about this previously out in the driveway that one time about like, I thought that she, you know, whatever this was two years ago has enough of the tool set and the drive to do it. I'm going to put it on record now that I think she gets an offer from an NAU or somewhere like that, where it's going to be a smaller school, but they have a program and that she's going to get a partial, if not a full scholarship as a result of that effort, that work. I think that that comes together. And I think NAU and the excuse for you and Tiff to go up to flag every other weekend is a real good situation for everyone involved. That, you know, like Tiff doesn't want the kids to be super far away. Three hours on a drive that you guys know, like the back of your hand with a trailer attached, which you probably wouldn't do all the time going forward.
0: Right. Well, good- and that's the thing is, is like I was going to say right now, you know, she's almost 16 as no, she doesn't know what she wants to do. Like, she's like, I'm going to be a doctor or a teacher. Like, she hasn't got that far yet because you ask all the time, like, what's what school am about going to? What, you know, what college? I'm like, she doesn't even know what she's going to do tomorrow. Like, you know, like yeah. Bryce is the same way. They're kids. Like, I'm not pushing them. I'm not harping them. And I don't expect my kids or any kids for that matter to know what they were going to do in their 20s. What did you think you were
1: going to do when you were 16? I wasn't going like, to college. Hey, yeah, I had no exactly, plans right? to go to college.
0: Yeah. <laughs> no plans to go to college. In fact, I signed up for DeVry. I was just going to like get a tech tech degree or tech uh Yeah, you're going uh, to you do,
1: do it over at UTI and sit there and become a mechanic. Like yeah. I could see that coming together real quick. Right? Yeah, yeah. But then, working like, on air n- compressors.
0: last minute, <laughs> I went and did the tour at the college. and I was like, oh, I do want to go to college because I want to do this. So it'll yeah. hit them when it hits them. Um, And I think that's
1: also the thing that's hitting with the kids, too, about creating content, right? You could give them all the lift in the world in order to start to do it. And Sierra's been the one that's always shown more interest towards it. Um, And so, like, but you can't make them make the content. They have to do it. And I think that's one of the things that I will give you all the credit for in the world, both publicly and privately, of the fact that you're not pushing your kids into it. That you actively are like, you want to do it? cool, we're gonna buy you a laptop, I'll teach you how to edit, and you're responsible for the entire process. I'll give you all the upside and tools and things that you need in order to do it, but you actually have to do it. Right. This is not a dad's <laughs> homework problem.
0: Right, well, and that's, and that's where Bryce is at, right? Like Bryce has all of the tools and and he ha- would have a bigger audience than Sierra right away, um, no because, just because we had more of a, a male demographic. but.
1: Yeah, the instant that he picks up that Omen PC as his streaming rig, like or whatever, you know, when you declass the next one down, and yeah. he's got a, a, a legitimately pro level tool, even if it is five years old. Right. Like he's. But that's be the thing to- is
0: he he has to want it, and we, you know we yeah, had that's right. we had the conversation on Friday, and even right now he has no burning desire to be a streamer or a YouTuber and create content. And- and pushing him
1: to do it now would potentially completely eliminate that as an option for him because it's something that he was either forced to do or felt pressure to do. And, you know, like we've talked about recently, not too long ago, is like he may flip that switch the day that he needs to know that he needs to make enough money to afford gas for the car. Yep. Like that, that, that might be the motivating factor for him to be like, well, I could go flip burgers or – I could turn on all of this equipment that my dad has so graciously given me and make five times as much doing stuff that I actually want to do. And yeah, it's a, there is a bit of a job to it. Being a content creator is not all fun and games, right? Like one of the things that I think that you and I can speak to right now, given the fact that it's both hot here in Southern California and hot in Phoenix is that we can't have fans on. We're sweating while we record this. That's not fun. Like, I would love to turn on my AC. I would love to turn on my fans right now. But guess what? Like, that's part of the process here of like, this is a job. Like, being on, on camera and being engaging and being personable is not always the native state for any human being. You you are, you and Tommy Peruki are the two people that I think are the most happy consistently. But that doesn't mean that you guys don't have problems, that you guys don't get in your own head about things. But when, you know, I sit across a table in a restaurant with Tommy or I, you know, see you on stream, like you guys know how to turn it, quote unquote on, but it's not a big lift for you as it would be for someone like myself, where it's like, if I go in and I like go super big, like I am even here on the podcast, which isn't hard because it's fun to do with you because you vibe off of it very well. Like if I were to do that alone without the kind of interaction for multiple hours, I get off stream and go to sleep. Yeah. Like just not, I'm not built for that as much as like I, my co-founder in echoes is literally being like, dude, please start streaming. Like do it. It will benefit this business. And I'm just like, I will hate that
0: process. <laughs> right? Yeah. You, <laughs> but
1: it's one of those things where it's like, I understand that he's right. I know that it would help the business, but I also know that right now that isn't an appropriate use of like the limited time that I have for right. it. So like, it's one of those things where it's just again, like looking mm-hmm. at, Inputs, outputs, and and you know the process in order to achieve them, and right now that that part of the equation is negative for me. It's negative for Bryce, and so like at a certain point, some of those things may change, and as a result, he may start streaming. I well, may start streaming. Like it, he it knows
0: he knows the amount of work that he's, he saw his sister do his, her YouTube channel, and he sees you know he's got his fears. He's got his like. Well, oh, I don't know if I could talk the whole time. Like, and I'm like, you don't have to. Like. You know, people are already you already have a fan base. That's the thing. You already have mm-hmm. a group of people that are gonna to there to watch you. They'll figure out your style of streaming and they'll choose whether or not to come back or or leave, right? Like or you know, to come back or not to come back. So don't worry about that. It comes down to you being able to you know, turn the, everything on and be there and do it for X amount of times, but also know that you are live and being recorded. And so you got to be careful what you say and what your friends say and, and that kind of thing. Yep. So I think
1: and and learning the technical pieces of how to make it all work, because what happens when OBS starts to throw errors at him and he doesn't understand what the heck they mean and he's live, like and that's part of the learning process, of course. Yeah. And like but like what do you do when things go wrong and do it gracefully? That's one of the things that I would say is potentially a growth point for him in learning just in life of like when things go wrong like not getting super frustrated and not getting angry and not doing certain behaviors that, that are destructive or counterproductive towards getting a result.
0: Well, and and I, I have to remind you all the time. He's, he's 13. O- he's only 13. Like, <laughs> yeah. like the, the only reason you know who he is is because I made a YouTube channel. And the Correct. only reason you want him to stream or want him to make YouTube videos is because you've seen him in his daily life. I'm Correct. like most 13 year olds, A, don't want. I mean, they say they want to be a YouTuber, but the moment you give them a if I, if I were to give them all the equipment, they'd be like, uh, oh uh, yeah. they would they would or, recluse or they, and or they do the, the
1: first part, first part of it, which is they would record something and then start to try and edit it and see that their stuff doesn't meet the attention that like mm-hmm. they wouldn't watch their own stuff, right? Which is a huge thing that you and I have both had to get over at certain points in our content creation careers of like i i wouldn't watch this if i'm not gonna watch this why would i put it up and then we don't and then we get a ton of flack for well why didn't you put up something i enjoy it anyways and it's just like yeah it doesn't do it for me and like in in my case very differently than yours it was a hobby right so it's like it's not supposed to be something where it's like okay like i i should want to be proud of whatever i'm putting out into the world for you, it's like you're doing it because of the business. And so that makes some level of sense where it's like, okay, yeah, this I gotta be a pro about this and I've gotta actually push play, but it is what it is, so.
0: Well, and that's always that's always the problem too is that it is a business for me now. And so I, my decision making is a little different. Um, something and that it I- will
1: be for the longer for longer term as well, because you, I don't see you getting out of this content creation cycle for another 15 years. I think that you, you go 25-ish years, and I think that at that point, I hope, my hope for you, my friend, is that you've got enough revenue sources that don't require any of your input, that at that point you can kind of take down the two you know gold play buttons that you'll have at that point, and whatever... Sh- Twitch acknowledgement that they'll have right, maybe that I make another one of these the the swear logo things that I've got behind you for Twitch when you make your million dollar from it. Like you know, the, those are the types of things that that you know you could get to that point and say, okay, cool. Like I've moved on from being completely in front of a camera. You may still carry a camera, you may still jump on stream, but it won't be your primary you know action in order to generate revenue going forward. That's my hope for you.
0: One day, one day we'll get you there, we'll one way there. or
1: another. Especially if I've got time and I've got the ability to sit there and not have to worry about incomes and things like that. There's there is a business somewhere in that brain. We will fulfill the the, the destiny that uh, Strebel put in your head. Of creating the tool that th- is the thing. I-, I don't know what it is, and your brain sees so many other things inside of this ecosystem and in total that I don't because this is your full-time thing. We'll figure it out.
0: Yeah, well, and and I mean, you're you're doing that. This is your second or third time now that you've created a tool slash service slash business. To going back to what you said earlier, solving yeah. a problem. That Mm -hmm. you saw a content creator need, right? So closed captioning. When was this said? And now Make Echoes, which Mm -hmm. is you know officially launched, and you've like you said you've got a a couple dozen paying customers, and things are running without you having to like be there all the time. Um, So talk about talk about talk about how Make Echoes kind of came about and where it's at now, and where do you see it coming by the end of the end of the year.
1: Yeah, so Echoes, so for those who don't know, Make Echoes is a, a tool that streamers use in order to mark down clips inside of their Twitch chat room. And at the end of the stream, it compiles all of those clips, smashes them together into kind of a jump cut edit that is kind of native to YouTube. You can add a front bumper and a tail bumper, and it'll automatically post to the YouTube channel that is connected to your account that you connect at makeechoes.com. And so, like, what this does and how it all started was Twas and I were sitting in the, the chat room watching Clintus because, you know, Twaz's buddies weren't quite online yet. And we were chatting and just catching up because, you know, Twaz is, you know, Twaz, he's awesome as a human being. And just one of those things where we've, you know, played in, with Clintus's brand independently for a while. But as a result, we, you know, have a respect towards one another. And he was just catching up with me. And uh, he, he sat there and he threw it out there on June 27th. Of this year, and said, Hey man, wouldn't it be cool if, which is always a, the worst way to <laughs> sit there and like get my brain to like start to figure it out? Uh, wouldn't it be cool if at the end of a stream, it automatically edited a video down to less than 10 minutes and posted it to the YouTube channel? And I looked at that, and I had just finished a contract where part of that work was to trim off the first we'll call it 24 seconds from a video and the last seven seconds because we were taking broadcast tv edits and making them available for other platforms and so once i knew how to create the clipping it was like okay wait wait whoa whoa i might be able to make this work and so i went into full like heidi hole coder situation and that was on a friday afternoon. And by Monday, midday, I sent through a video demonstrating that it actually worked to Clint and to Toaz, and said, I've lost the last 70 hours of my life, but it works. And so as a result of that kind of initial sprint, I said, "Okay, like, let's let's go. Like, let's see what I can do. I moved some of the blocks around regarding the consulting and contracting work that I'm doing right now and sat there and I was like, all right, the month of July, I have the month of July to build this thing. And I sprinted my face off in order to do it. And so I can actually, let's see if I can pull up the stats here real quick. Uh, Last month. Uh, So, right, 55 and a half hours later, I was able to, you know, get it to a good enough spot where I was able to have, you know, a half dozen test streamers start to use it um, and start to cycle back the feedback and build a better product, build a better product, build a better product. That was then released on August 12th. Um, So 47 days from initial idea to full execution. Now I will say the caveat is there is that as a professional coder, I have my own framework that I call project Phoenix because it rebirths itself every time that I use to make, you know, the standard bits and pieces all work together. So my accounts, I don't need to build an, a new account infrastructure every time, or my integration into Stripe, I don't need to rebuild that every time. But the actual nuts and bolts of this piece, like it was a Twitch chat bot, that is 400 lines of code, and uh, you know, uh, the actual rest of the application that does all the piecing together, and then the stuff that pushes it to YouTube. Like grand total, it's like 10,000 lines of code that I wrote over 55 hours and have continued to invest in. And so, yeah, I launched it. And the feedback that I continue to get from everybody is, oh my God, I will never stream without this now that I know that this <laughs> exists. And my response is, go tell your friends, please. Right, right. <laughs> like, But I also acknowledge that like it's super early days. There are a lot of missing features. And so that's kind of what is on my mind for the next 90 days is cool, I have these lists of things that I want to get done for this product. Like, you know, like just, uh, let's see, like I can pull up the list here. So like, right right now, like if you were to do an exclamation point echo inside of Clint's stream, it, if you're an approved user or a moderator, it will mark down for 30 seconds. One of the features that I have has already built into the system is you can hit pound echo and then add any number of words after it, which gives an internal title as to what, That clip is about. What I have found is that even asking people to make that request to type that up mistimes the echo call out itself. So the clip isn't lined up with the funny or interesting or compelling moment. So one of the things that's on my list that I wanted to finish earlier today, but I decided to record this podcast with Clintus because it's rad, is the echo clip title. So that you can after the marker's already been placed then go back and add that title into in, via just the chat room versus going into the back end or anything else. So that when Clint's at the end of his stream, he can say, okay, cool. Like, I don't need that clip. I don't need that clip. I don't need that clip. Delete, 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 delete. All right, now I can kill my stream and it will just be the clips that he wants. So that he has some level of information about it. So like little features like that, little polish points like that are what, I, is what I'm trying to do between here and the end of the year. I would love nothing more to get some of the marketing stuff spun up on it as well, which is what I was talking about earlier about like Rocco having, you know, the revenues from the business to be able to play with that. Um, and, you know, my, my hope is by the end of the calendar year, that it's at least at a hundred users and that, you know, the system is elastic and able to scale so that if a thousand new users come on or, you know, Broman decides to get really loud about it because he is one of our paying users or he wants to get Lupo or Tim, the tap man on in, involved like that's that it won't fall over. And I think that there's a real possibility that that will be the case.
0: Yeah, I, I, it was, it's funny because I know that, like I said, the, the conversation kind of happened during one of my streams. And so the conversation was kind of like uh, sparked off the fact that I, someone was telling me why I don't, you know, make more gameplay videos or highlight videos. And, you know, I've got this gaming channel with 140,000 subs is just kind of dying. And it's like, one it's it's making the time I almost i won't say that i don't have the time just it's making the time but also it's just, high priority well high and priority that's the biggest thing yeah but it's also just the thought of doing it right like i just streamed for eight hours i get yeah. off i catch up on the, all the notifications from my phone emails texts uh you know notifications from twitter and instagram everything catch up with the family catch up with whatever and then it's like back to work mode my thought process is go back to that stream and and watch and clips, uh, uh, uh,
1: but then also remember the physical hardware demands that would be required to load up an eight hour video into premiere or final cut pro like you can't have a -a rink-a-dink machine do that like you have to have a big boy video editing you know capable machine which you know most of streamers do because you've got the streaming rig but you may have to stack in 32 gigabytes of ram to be able to even start to open up some of these files and that's not fun for them to go back and like after sitting in a chair for eight, six, eight, ten, twelve hours to then go back and go rewatch or go find that clip or pull down all the highlights from Twitch and then try and recompile them and like it just it just so unnecessarily hard. And yeah, this tool just like is like cool. Y- you streamed, you your moderators approved users said the things. You end the stream. And now, like, with the new server that we're running on, like, it's taking like, for streams like yours that are average, you know, four, five, six hours, eight hours on the long end, with a dozen clips or less, like, it's pumping those out in, like, eight minutes. Like, it's kind of crazy. And, like, now with the email notifications that launched this last week, people know that it's available inside right. their YouTube that's channel. That's another
0: good one. Yeah, exactly. Knowing that it's like, ready. And, oh, well, let me go click on that and and, you know, do a quick well, and, edit.
1: Yeah, and that's one of those things where, right, like thinking through of the user experience right is a major piece for me right the closed captioning company i never asked for permission to be in your back end like i found a way to hack the youtube system so that i could post your closed captions live for you without having to get access to it which made it a 10 times easier thing where There was no chance of me ever stumbling into your ad revenue dollars or, you know, your YouTube analytics back end. But if you tie in your YouTube account and somebody does some shady stuff, which has happened with some of these providers before, like all of a sudden you're exposed. And so like this is the same kind of thing where it's like I, I literally like I fought with twas initially on this about like, do I really want to have Google OAuth? authentication on this platform because i don't want to be able to do anything he's like dude just use the one scope so if anybody ever says anything about like oh you're doing this that and the other like i can literally open up my google console and be like 100 percent of my usage is on video dot insert i am only pushing videos i'm not pulling any stats i'm not doing anything in order to sit there and like i can always defend that now so like like that's one of those pieces where it's like understanding like A1, it's good business when you're in a business, a tool business, to never just be in their inbox when you're sending them a bill. That's a bad move because it's really easy to get frustrated with that. So be sending these emails through at the end of every stream or when the video is up and oh yeah, in there it's the link to the video and it's the link to the back end so that you can start to do thumbnails or titles or descriptions or tags or whatever else you need to do right like or you know including the game inside the categorization features like those types of things like it's just really smart because now instead of one email a month coming through from stripe saying hey we're going to charge your credit card now it's hey from the same email address there have been 22 other emails right that you know it's one of those things where it's not shady it's just yo my tool has produced value. My tool has produced value. You're getting value out of using my tool. Here you go, here you go, here you go. And then, oh yeah, by the way, we're charging you another 29 bucks. Right, <laughs> like, exactly. It makes it a, the context around that a lot easier to sit there and stick around, right? I find myself very proud of the closed captioning side of things. Like my average customer lifetime on that platform was like 17 and a half months. Like, and that's, you know, because I cared and i think that echoes is going to have an even higher retention rate of people month to month because they wouldn't be creating this content otherwise so once i get the hook in you you basically have to stop streaming to have it stop being worth anything to you
0: right right yeah i mean i see so many possibilities with this and you know we've had multiple conversations in the early days and
1: and we're gonna have more
0: (laughs) (laughs) in the beta testing and and then after launch and you know, like ideas and features and now and the more people you bring on, you know, via the discord or, you know, via DMS or whatever, but like different use cases, because that's I feel like that's the case with any content creator. It's like no one uses the same tool twice uh, the same way, right? Like everyone uses it differently. So uh, like, for example, you mentioned Professor Broman earlier, you know, I love mm-hmm. Ben. He was the first one to say, I only want to be the only one to do it. Turn off the mods, yeah. right? And so yeah. he wanted streamer only mode for, for a bit. And, and so that was a new yeah. feature, like you never thought about, right? Like
1: 60 hours of my life were frustratingly, you know, because I was able to build the feature in like five hours. But then like there were all these weird edge cases where it's like, yeah, so moderator status plus this is on the approved users list for some reason. Like this person just got m- upgraded to a moderator in this chat room as well. So was like creating weird funky kind of results but yeah like he made that request and the thing for that one was like there were two other things on my list for later on development that were simultaneously going to be solved by me creating that so like hey having the streamer have the ability to turn off all echo commands because they're having like snaps is having like a community night or she's having like an emotional you know kind of day where she's just kind of processing through stuff, but doing so publicly, like the, the stream recap doesn't need to exist. So as a result, like this streamer only mode solved the need for turn off mode. Right. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. so I was like, okay, cool. Like same thing, same thing, like let's go. And so like to be able to do that. Yeah. Like, and there are a lot of those little things that are are coming up very, very soon. Like, and yeah, use cases like Telios is one of those guys who streams on multiple platforms, right? He's not a partner on Twitch. So therefore he's, you know, on trollo and he's on everywhere else. And so he's got certain requests in the queue for like things that will make it better to use on that platform. And, you know, the cross-platform thing that he's doing, like, and so it makes a lot of sense. And he's sitting there and he's on stream for 8, 10, 12 hours now. He's producing like 40 clips inside of his videos. So the system, which was built for like a dozen or less, has had to change how it's processing because... He's making these big requests. Right. One of the things like I mentioned, Johnny and Heidi earlier, I desperately want to be able to play on the YouTube or the music space for these Twitch streamers who are, you know, doing music and then pushing to YouTube. Right. That's like and another feature that came up was like, hey, can we get a 24 hour countdown timer on the end of my stream? Because my agreement states that I can't post just anywhere else for 24 hours. Well, that's just math and computers can do math. Let me put this in the dashboard for you. Sure. Like, and sure enough, like, so those are types of things where it's like, again, problem. Like I would never think of all of these things because I'm not a streamer. Right. But problem solution, I fix, like, hey, like, let's go. And, you know, for the vast majority of these things, they're small asks. It's not like I'm like getting like a huge ask of like, yo, so can I use this as a broadcaster for my corporate live stream? And it's like, no, like, I've naturally intentionally been like, I'm going to work with streamers on Twitch, nowhere else, not Instagram Live, not Facebook Live, not you know, Periscope or wherever else is still out there right now. I'm working with just these Twitch guys to start. And that simplifies the problem set that then allows me to create the solution and really solve it the right way. Because if I do that right, I can gain a customer base. I'm not afraid of that. And it just, then it becomes a marketing and PR game doing things like this or being on Odoctus podcast or Facebook ads or Twitch ads. Like, I don't know, like what we're gonna try, probably Reddit stuff in there. It'll happen,
0: It'll happen. Eventually. we'll figure it out. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and, and it's
1: just a matter of being patient too. Like I know that like this thing could be a huge thing, right? Everybody sits here and looks at it and goes, holy hell. Like I've had multiple, I, I've had now over, if I were to total up the number, I've had six different investors come in asking to invest. I've had over a half million dollars offered to me and I have not taken a dollar. And there's a reason for that. Cause I don't want to be responsible to somebody at this point. It might come like it's the same way that it might come that, you know what Twitch decides that this needs to be part of their highlights program and they just buy the company. Cool. Like that's a potential outcome, but it's also a potential outcome that the KKR comes in and buys it because they see it as being useful or somebody like a Microsoft says, Hey, this is how we're going to Sherlock this space. Like, you know, and they're, I've got friends at all of those companies. Every last one of them could you know, be put on the radar. I mean, on launch day, I had two of the Twitch original employees hit me up and be like, yo, like what's going on here? Like they're not <laughs> with the company any longer, but like they know people who are still in the company. Like right. they're aware of this product and what it's doing and why it's kind of a revolutionary thing. So we'll see what happens with it. And yeah, like I don't need to get paid along the way, which is unfortunate in that regard. But, you know, could it also be that this thing sells for seven or eight figures in four years time when it's revving out a one hundred thousand dollars a month? Yeah, that's a real possibility. And so I'm willing to go on that ride and see where it's at. And it's also a complete possibility that Twitch finds out what I'm doing and says, kick rocks. Then, you know, even though I'm not against TOS in any way, shape or form, that they say that what I am is they change the rules of the game, which is a real possibility. And this goes good to zero. But then at that point, if I've only invested in one streaming platform, okay, cool. Like I can sit there and I can be like, all right, let's see if I can go play with the Facebook guys now. Like, and know enough people over there at the Facebook gaming side of things or people who are doing Facebook or Instagram live streams for their real estate properties and stuff. Like I'll figure out another customer base for the actual tech underneath. Now that it's built, game over.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, like I said, man, the, the, the last five years or so has been a wild ride. <laughs> uh you know working with you hearing where you're at what you're doing on all fronts and then we just kind of just did that recap the last hour and a half of that journey uh and i
1: i'm pumped that we put this out on the internet somewhere because like we've done bits and pieces of it along the way and there have been moments where like yeah sure i rolled up to happy jack because i was driving down from moab back to phoenix i was like well screw it like i can just go over there it's fine like it's 40 minute detour whatever like, and now that we've kind of given it an encapsulated kind of thing, and then we've talked about a lot in the last you know, hour and a half, whatever it's been, and it's just been the last two hours since we sat down. Whoops. Um, and so, like, I think that it's just, it's good to have these kind of moments in time for the exact reason that you goaded me into, to, you know, doing the content stuff to begin with, is that we're going to be able to look back on this in five years and be like, wow, we've got that right. We got that right we got that horribly wrong. Right. (laughs) It'll be fun to sit there and pull the scorecard out in five years.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, and I was just going to say this first time, but not the last time you'll be on the podcast. Uh, There'll be plenty of plenty more. You have some changes coming up and we'll, uh, we'll, I'm sure we'll definitely sit down and retalk, talk talk about all that, uh, you know, maybe six months, six months from now and see where, where all the dust settles and,
1: I mean, yeah, I mean, like, for certain, I won't be living in Southern California. That's a lock. Either way, Uh, you know, Yeah, yeah, like, that's, that's a done deal. Uh, So yeah, and then where Echoes is and what I'm doing, if I can actually start to talk about it, that that's probably a good timeline. And so, yeah, like, it could be really interesting. And so like, you know, my biggest thing for you, man, keep going, keep doing this stuff, keep having our group of friends, like, I would love nothing more. And I'm going to put the challenge out here now as well. Chop get on here let's do this randy let's get you on here let's get you to talk for an hour hour and a half to talk all your meat smoking and everything else like have fun with this because like we need this and especially like especially if you could squeeze this in like next week before the baby that would be amazing
0: i was totally thinking that dude like i was totally already thinking (laughs) that i was like. He's due any day now. I'm like, man, I can get him on here tomorrow night. Just record it tomorrow yeah. night for next Monday. Yeah. I don't know. We'll, yeah. I'll reach out to him and see you. I already thought of that. Cause I would love to get, get him it on. up chop. I thought about like <laughs> talking about the, the, the smoking meat, but then also I want to talk to him before he's dad. And yeah. then, you know, two months that's gonna later. Be
1: amazing thing to sit there and hit him up with. And you can point to Chuck's episode and be like, dude, it mattered then <laughs> yeah. like, let's do
0: this for you. Exactly. Like that's going to be half
1: the, half the episodes going forward for the next three years are going to be okay. So before you're a dad, now you're a dad. Now you got a toddler. Let's talk.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, Cade, thank you so much for taking the time to hang out with me, man. As always, a pleasure. Just just to sh- shit with you, man.
1: I love you, brother. And you know that there's just so many good things between us. And so it's just fun to sit here and have other people hear it and be able to point back to it ourselves. And but go more- have a great rest of your weekend, man. Or I guess, technically speaking, have a great week because this is Monday. That's Time's right. shifting.
0: <laughs> the future. <laughs> Well, There you go, guys. I hope you enjoyed that episode with Cade. It's always a good time just shooting the shit with him and catching up. We talk on a a pretty regular basis, whether it's personal stuff, business stuff, but always a combination of the two. uh, And really enjoyed that time with him. Uh, Just a couple of quick plugs at the end here. Uh, As always, you can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, uh, subscribe to my YouTube channel, or uh, follow me on Twitch. At Clintus, All my socials are at Clintus. Real easy for you there. Um, as always, if you have any questions for the podcast, you can send me a text message to 602-497-2046. Use hashtag podcast in your text so that I can uh, filter those out. Because I get hundreds and hundreds of text messages a day. Um, and I try to read them all and reply to as many as I can. But for specifically for the podcast, use hashtag podcast with your question and text it to 602 497 two zero four six. I'm sorry. It's, it's, uh, it's U S and Canada only at the moment. We're working on international, but right now it's just U uh, S and Canada. Um, and, uh, last but not least come hang out in discord. Come say what's up to the community in our partnered community server over at discord.gg slash Clintus download the app. It's free. You can get it on your phone, tablet, computer, um, join the server, come hang out. we got people from all around the world. I'm talking New Zealand, Australia, Scotland, France, England, uh, India, uh, uh there's South Africa, of course, the United States and Canada, Mexico. Uh, there's somebody in there pretty much 24 seven. Uh, and if you're a Twitch subscriber or YouTube channel member, you can link your account to discord and get access to the VIP lounge and the ability to post photos. Uh, it's a little bonus perks there for the people that do a support. So uh, that's discord.gg Clintus. And that is where the community hangs out uh when when i'm you know when i'm not live so come say what's up and i will see you guys next time